This is Lawyer Talk. Steve Palmer here. Uh, we are going to start something new today. I, I've been getting a lot of questions on the website. That's LawyerTalkPodcast.com. And then upstairs in the law firm at uh, OhioLegalDefense.com. And then on the Blitz, every Wednesday, we take phone-in questions. And I thought what I would do is to um, address these questions in a separate series. I'm just going to call it Lawyer Talk Q&A. And uh, it'll live right where the rest of the Lawyer Talk podcast lives. Uh, and as always, you can submit your questions at LawyerTalkPodcast.com. You can always give me a shout up at the law firm for any legal questions at 614-224-6142. That's 24-7. Uh, and as always, I, I recommend highly that you put that number in your phone because when you need it, you don't want to have to look for it. Uh, so anyway, this is Lawyer Talk Q&A. And, and the question I'm going to talk about or answer today, or maybe talk about is the better way to put it, actually. Uh, should I talk to the police? When should I talk to the police? And how does it exactly work with my right to remain silent? And you know, that's going to, it always uh, brings the next question is, won't they think I'm guilty if I don't make a statement, if I don't talk? Well, let, let me address this question by giving an example of, uh, of a call that I had upstairs in the law firm just last week. And it so happens we get this question uh, quite often when there is just an investigation, maybe um, before there's ever any criminal charges filed, um, there's some investigate. Maybe it's as serious as a homicide. Maybe it's as uh, uh, a traffic, like a hit skip or something. Uh, we get this type of question a lot. So say somebody was driving home. Maybe they've had one too many to drink, and uh, they sideswiped a car on uh, on the street coming home, and they pulled in their garage, closed the door, and went to bed. The next day, there's a knock on the door, and lo and behold, it is uh, it's the police, a police detective, somebody from accident investigation, or maybe just a patrol officer. And uh, it could happen that way. It could be that uh, uh, you get a phone call, and uh, it's a police officer wanting to talk about this type of thing, or it could be anything, right? It could be a homicide. It could be the hit skip. It could be uh, an allegation, a false allegation of, of rape, uh, child sex abuse, child abuse, whatever it is. Uh, the police are knocking and they want to talk. And the, the, so often uh, people don't have uh, the thought to call me or any criminal defense attorney first. They just decide they're going to make a statement and tell the police, quote, their side of what happened. Uh, the, the problem with this is, and that's that's generally, by the way, what the police will say. You know, we have the other side. Uh, we know the story from uh, your accuser, whoever that is. Uh, we may even uh, they may even try to trick you and say they have a witness that saw you. We already know what happened. We just need to get your side of the story. If we don't get your side of the story, then we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to assume that the other side is true. You know, that's the information we'll send over to the prosecutor's office, and they'll only have uh, half of it, and you won't have your chance to tell. Uh, your side and, and get your version. Uh, or, you know, if it's obvious that you're guilty and they think that you're guilty and uh, maybe they everybody knows they can prove it, then they just want to say, they'll, they'll start using terms like, you know, most people, it's better for them if they just cooperate. We'll put in a good word for you if you just cooperate with us. If you just tell us what happened, you know, they'll be lenient on you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And people go ahead and, and take the bait. They make the statement. And I, I think this happens quite often uh, when people are innocent, when people haven't done anything wrong, there's an overwhelming urge to say that. I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and you know that's a very natural psychological urge. I think, in fact, I've been to seminars about uh, people who tell the truth or, or when, when you can detect 
whether people are telling the truth or not. And overwhelmingly, when people are accused of something they didn't do, their first reaction is, no, I didn't do it. Uh, there's no equivocating about it. There's no, I would never do that. I would never risk my career or any other nonsense. They just want to say, no, I didn't do it. Uh, but in the context of a police investigation, you have to resist that urge. And, you know, again, when, when people are innocent, the first question they, they ask me if they, if they were smart enough or, or had the wherewithal to call me, they're going to say, you know, but they're going to think I'm guilty if I don't talk to them. And my response to that is always, well, look, you know, they already think you're guilty of something because they wouldn't be talking to you otherwise. And if they think you're innocent, they're still going to think you're innocent if you don't talk. Or maybe better put, who cares if they think you're guilty or not? So then you would ask, you know, if I'm innocent then, if, I, if I'm really innocent, why not just tell them that? Why not just tell them what I didn't do or what I, where I was or what was really going on? Let me explain myself. Well, here's the problem with that. Um, it, it's sort of like the, um, in, in high school or grade school, if you took a test, you, you almost always know what the test is about. It's about unit two, uh, studying glaciers or whatever the heck it is. And you've had an opportunity to at least study the material. Now, I said opportunity. I didn't actually say you studied it, but... The point is you knew what you were talking about or what the subject matter was. Often in these types of scenarios where the police are questioning somebody or a suspect about a criminal event, uh, they don't tell you exactly what this is about. They may say, well, this involves your, um, your car last night. And now you sort of know it involves your car, but you're still not quite sure what they're talking about. Now, you in your head, if let's say you're guilty, you're thinking, well, crap, I, that now the gig is up. They know that I hit this guy in my car last night and uh, that it must have been me. Well, here's the thing. They may know that your car was involved. They may know the car registered to you was involved or even a car that matches the description of a car registered to you was involved. But you don't know yet that they can identify you as the driver. And, here, and you have an absolute right to remain silent when confronted with that type of questioning. So you could be giving them information. They act like they already know, and then you confirm it, and then you've just made their case. And this, is, this happens a lot uh, in, in criminal investigations where the police have a pretty good idea what happened. Uh, they're almost positive. Everything is pointing in that direction, and uh, all they need is that final piece to uh, finish the border of the puzzle, and then they can fill it in later. But if they don't have the border, they're not even allowed to start. And I, too often people will give them that final piece. They will give them the link in the chain that enables them to actually charge the offense. And, and maybe uh, I can give some examples here where this has happened, where say you are guilty, and actually the one I gave is a great one. Say you are guilty. You, you committed hit skip. You ran into the car because you had one too many to drink, and you drove home, slammed the garage door shut, went to bed, and, and were thankful that you didn't get caught. But somebody saw your car or, or a, a license plate or something, and the police track it to your house. Now, you're thinking in your head, I, I did this. Now this, they, they know. Uh, so you go ahead and you take the bait by being cooperative, and, and they're going to put in a good word for you, et cetera. But what they didn't tell you is that unless you admitted to it, unless you told them that you were the driver, they couldn't prove the case. Now, they know and you know and maybe others know that you were probably the driver, but they still have to prove it. They have to put pen to paper and fill out the elements of the offense, and one of those elements is that you were the driver. And if they can't prove that any other way, then what you tell them 
you should not tell them. That is a confession. Now, it is no, it is no secret why Miranda warnings uh, say what they say. Any, and it's pretty clear. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. And I remember before I, I practiced criminal defense work, I didn't quite understand exactly the parameters of that, what, what they were really saying. Because you think to yourself, well, if I'm innocent, then why not just tell them I didn't do it? Well, they don't believe you're innocent, and if somebody else says you're guilty and it's a he said, she said type case, then now uh, your your protestation, if you're saying I'm not guilty, I didn't do this, and I was uh, I was there, say in a uh, say it's an acquaintance rape allegation, I was there and we had sex, but it was consensual, and I've had this come up many many times where two people were highly intoxicated, there was some sort of sexual contact or conduct, and Somebody gives a statement about it saying it's all consensual the next day. Well, here's the problem. It could be that the police or the the alleged victim uh, who really doesn't remember much and maybe you don't remember much, maybe he or she doesn't even know if it were you. Maybe he or she doesn't even know if they consented and told the police that. Maybe he or she doesn't know uh, where it happened or how it happened or anything else. Now, if you try to if you if you protest your guilt and say I'm not guilty I'm innocent this was consensual, well that may be true and and I'm not suggesting for a second that it isn't in any particular case, but it is also uh, critical that they prove the other elements of the offense and one is your identity, two is that there was actually some sort of sexual conduct or contact between uh, you and the other party. And then three, and I'm oversimplifying it, but three, they have to prove something called venue, where it happened. Uh, and they have to have those elements of the offense. Just because one defense to the alleged criminal conduct would be consent, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't have other defenses. Remember, they have the burden of proving each and every element beyond a reasonable doubt. They have the burden of coming into a courtroom with sufficient evidence to establish the crimes that they're alleging. They have to prove it. You are presumed to be innocent. They have to overcome that presumption. They cannot force you to testify. This is not yet, anyway, uh, the Russian purges where you have to confess or die. You get, to, you get to remain silent. Now, if you have filled in the gaps for them, if you have told them that, uh, yes, we had sex, and it happened here in Franklin County, Ohio, and uh, I, the only thing I didn't do, or, or, but it was consensual, uh, it wasn't uh, forced. Well, you've given them all the elements except for one, and now we're in a fight for your life over whether or not it was consensual or not. And the problem with that is, is that you may not have had to be there in the first place, just because you think at that time, after the knock on the door or the phone call from the detective, that you understand the parameters. You never got the lesson for Unit 2 on glaciers. You don't know what exactly the issues are, and you're speculating in your head, and you're speculating based on what you think they think they know. And that's a very dangerous place to be. So when people call me and they say, hey, look, the police want to talk to me, my first reaction is, no way. Not on my watch. You're not going to talk to the police, at least not now. And maybe the best way to put this is uh, you can... Once you talk to the police, you cannot unring that bell. You can't put the proverbial toothpaste back in the tube. You are stuck. It is out. You can't get rid of it. Now, if you later, after you do not say you don't talk and you don't give your version of the events, you can always later on go 
provide a statement. Now, I'm not saying I, I do that often, and maybe I never have actually, but uh, you can always go tell your story at trial. You can testify at trial if that's the smart move, but you can't unring the bell if you've given them information. Now, what if they say, well, look, if you don't talk to us, we'll just have to take you down to the station house and uh, interrogate you there and, and hold you or whatever, arrest you. Let them do it. Don't, don't fight it. Uh, call me. Call an attorney. Call somebody for help. Say, hey, look, the police are here. I'm getting arrested. I need help. You should probably call those great lawyers over there at Yavich and Palmer. But don't take the bait. Don't think that you're going to leave that day free if you just provide a statement. Uh, it won't work. So what what will happen is they'll they'll take you down to the police department. You'll make a statement, and then they'll hold you. Um, or if you make a statement right there on the phone or at your door or if they invite you down to the police department and you make a statement, uh, you're getting arrested one way or another. Uh, don't give them what they need to make their case. Now, you would think that this makes perfect sense. You would think that, uh, oh, yeah, now I, I, I get it, and I, I, I will never talk to the police. Uh, and then you find yourself in that situation, and guess what? You talk to the police. And there's a reason for that, is that uh, back to the beginning, I, I was talking about how there's this overwhelming psychological urge to, uh, to cooperate, to profess your innocence, even if you're guilty. And certainly if you are innocent, you want to tell them that. Uh, and the, the best way I can put this, I, I used to laugh and say, look, if I had a buck for every time I told somebody not to talk to the police and then they went and talked to the police anyway, I probably could have retired, uh, me included. I was in an accident one time and I knew better. I shouldn't have talked to the police, but I was like, all right, you know, they, I'll just be cooperative and I'll talk to the police and I'll tell them what happened. And guess what? I got the failure to control ticket and I knew better. I'm an attorney doing it day in and day out. Now I, I understood the consequences of it and I can't, I can't, I'm not really beating myself up for that because they were going to give me that ticket anyway and I knew it and I knew I could probably get myself out of it either way. But I did feel that pressure. I did feel that urge to talk to them. When that cop looked at me, when I told him I didn't want to make any statements, uh, I could just tell that uh, I was going to get some blowback on that. And I can't imagine what that would be like if it were a really serious case. So people, no matter what I tell them, often make statements. And I found that the best antidote for that is information and an understanding as to why you do not talk to the police under any circumstances. And that's what I've tried to do here in this Q&A. So now that you know why you don't make statements to the police, I'm going to tell you the best way, this is the trick, the best way uh, you deal with the scenario. Uh, you don't necessarily have to tell the police, I ain't going to talk to you, I'm not cooperating, I, uh, I'm going to be this uh, resistant stalwart uh, pain in your backside. You don't have to do that. Here's the rule. So just just file this away in the back of your brain somewhere. Always, always, always tell the police, I want an attorney before I make any statements. Now, uh, what you're not saying in that situation that you're just flat out going to not talk to them. You're not saying you're not going to cooperate. You're not saying that you won't uh, be their best friend and cook them uh, breakfast. Uh, what you're really saying is, I just want to talk to an attorney uh, before I make any statements. And, you know, you just say, look, after I talk to my lawyer, if that's the right move, we'll, we'll come down and, and we'll make a statement and I'll tell you everything that happened. I just need to get some legal advice to make sure I'm doing the right thing. In other words, you can always blame me. I'll be the bad guy. Those, those lawyers, I mean, everybody hates lawyers anyway, so why not throw it on my shoulders? Uh, just say, look, I, I got a buddy who's a lawyer and he always said I shouldn't talk before I uh, talk to him. And uh, that's what I'll do. So no big deal. I'll just get back to you later today or tomorrow and you pick up the phone or you've already got my number in your phone and you just hit send. 
614-224-6142 and you say, Steve, the police want to interview me. They want to talk to me. What should I do? And I'm going to say, no, do not talk to them until I talk to you first. You can tell them to call me. I'll even call them for you. Uh, I'll do whatever I can to run interference. And most criminal defense attorneys will do that. I do that as a public service. Uh, and I do that even in cases that I'm not uh, hired. I, I, I always help people uh, exercise their constitutional rights in those types of situations because you just never know. And, and you can always, like I said, you can always go back and provide information later. But once you provide it, you can't pull it back. So uh, if you didn't know before, now you know. Should you talk to the police? Simply put, no, you should not. So that'll wrap up our first Lawyer Talk Q&A. Again, this question came in through the Lawyer Talk uh, podcast website. That's lawyertalkpodcast.com. But you can always submit questions up at ohiolegaldefense.com. That's our law firm at Yavich and Palmer. You can always give me a call, 614-224-6142. Or again, on the website, there's an email link. You can shoot me a question by email. I'm pretty good about getting back to folks with questions there. And as always, if you have any legal needs, whether you're charged with a crime, whether you've been in a car accident or you need any other uh, legal service, I can almost always refer you to the right person. So don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, Again, to wrap it up, this is Steve Palmer at Lawyer Talk Podcast, as well as Yavich and Palmer.